Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Exciting, exciting morning here at Thrive Church. Opening our new uh, children's space um, called The Loft. And we're all going to be, as Deb said, going to be journeying over there. Uh, later in the service, if I could just have my iPad, that'd be fantastic. And that and that little block of wood again, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Um, I've got my little block of wood up here uh, with a verse in, uh, written into this. Um, Probably about 22, about 20, yeah, 22 years ago, um, I was reading through Psalms, and Psalm 71, uh, verse 8, I think it is, 18, um, it just jumped out um, to me, and it's a psalm of, of David, and David is in his old age when he's writing this psalm, and it so gripped my heart that I wrote it down, and I, I put it in this block of wood. <laughs> it's been there in my office and now our prayer room for the last 20-odd years. Uh, but it just it, it jumped out at me because David is writing this psalm, and he, and he, says, he says these powerful words that, you know, as a young 22-year-old, I was, so, I was so gripped by it. Said, he says, even when I'm old and gray, turn to your neighbor and just check out their hair. Even and just say, hey, he's talking to you. <laughs> he could be talking to you. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. And I just, it struck me uh, because David's writing this as an old, older man and, and and I, I'm now 45, and, and I, you know, I'm still a young man, but I know people older than me are thinking about retirement. And even, you know, I, as a, as a, when I was in my 20s, I had uh, people coming to me saying, hey, what's your retirement plan? What's, what are you going to do to look after your, you know, yourself in, in the years to come when you're of age where you need to just, you know, retire? And, 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 and so David's writing this in, in, those, in those years, he said, you know, even when I'm old and gray and, and, and one part of him physically, like we're all going that way. We're all moving towards eternity. Can I get an amen on that? Like well, that's where uh, it's, not a, it's not like a happy thought. We don't like talking about death uh, and we don't talk about death every Sunday or often at all. But that's reality. That's where we're going. Yet, and so David's not necessarily, he's not writing, even when I'm old and gray, may I, you know, swing the golf club on the golf course. He's not writing, I want to, you know, have, you know, go to coffee culture. And He's writing something profound here about the next generation, even though I'm going this way. And that's my, that's, that's, that's where we're going to the grave. He's like, I'm going that way. I'm looking this way. I'm looking towards the next generation. I'm looking towards who's coming after me. Please do not forsake me. Please do not forsake me. He's writing me. He's, he's, he's owning this stage in his life as an older man to be someone who connects the next generation with the power of God. And I believe as a church, no matter what age and stage we are in life, whether we have children or grandchildren or whether we aren't actually in that place in life with some other arena, you have got a call to the next generation. 
You've got a voice for the next generation. You've got, there's a way you can serve. There's a way you can pray. There's a way that you can release God's power to the next generation. The church is only a generation away from extinction. It really is. It really is. Like our, the next generation, my children, my grandchildren, they have to be captivated by the power of Jesus Christ. They have to be captivated by the love of the Father. They have to be captivated by the community and what church means. And if you're here today and you don't know what it is to mean to experience the abundant goodness of God's love, then I hope that you will have that encounter one day. God is a God of love. He's a God of hope, and He is a God of purpose. And David's saying, I just don't want the next generation to miss out on anything, anything that God has prepared for them. He, is so, he was so relentless about, he was someone who believed in the least. You know, David, I love that man. I love what he stood for, who he stood with alongside his life. Those ones he raised up, he, he just constantly was raising up people around his life. And he understood that he was a guardian, a father, a leader, and a protector of the next generation's eternal destiny. I mean, that's, that's quite a big statement, isn't it? Like, so a bit of shock value there. We just sort of launched into the deep end this morning. Hi, hope you had a nice week. You had a great breakfast, and you watched the rugby, and you know, all those nice things. But now we're talking about eternal destiny. You didn't know you were going to come to church and get all that, did you? But, you know, <laughs> that's reality. It really is reality, and, and I just want to pull back the covers on the, on the unseen realm here, and, and it says in Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, or the English rugby team, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. There's, it paints such an incredible picture that actually there's an unseen war going beyond on beyond this physical environment that we live in and and and, and the writer is just saying hey just please don't get so focused on just thinking that it's all about, you know, what you see in front of you with your eyes or hear with your ears. There's actually something going on in behind the context of this fleshly reality. And I believe it's our assignment as parents and as leaders, as guardians of the next generation to actually reject the spiritual principalities and powers that are coming to try and take the next generation out. We are here to actually reject pride. You know, we're here to re reject fear. We're here to reject self-hate. You know, all these things that the next generation are struggling with. You know, that stuff that the devil just wants to just throw at them and say, let your identity be wrapped up in your brokenness. Let your identity be wrapped up in the shite and briny, uh, the, the bright and shiny stuff. <laughs> oh, that was dangerous. <laughs> Like, like the the devil just wants to say, let's keep it. Let let let's let's have a generation that forgets that there's a spiritual reality. And we've got to bring the context of Jesus into our homes, parents. We have to bring our faith into the home. We have to yeah at the meal table. We've got to be talking about Jesus. We're going to be talking about how we're doing. We've got to be praying for those others that are around us. We, we, before we go out the, the door in the morning, like on the way to school, you know, we have a family tradition. 
at least Debbie does it more consistently than me because I don't take the kids to school so much, but she is praying with the children on the way to school every day. It's just this reminder of actually this is where, this is our battleground. This is our battleground. I remember when Abby was uh, three or four years old and she was struggling with fear, and I'm not sure what it was about, but I just wanted to bring a perspective to her on how big the Father's love is compared with what the size of fear is, because the Bible says, you know, in 1 John 4.18, I think that his perfect love casts out all fear. So we've got this incredible presence. So all I did was I got her big white teddy bear, and I got a little Lego piece, and I did a big hiya with the big bear to the little Lego piece, and I said, that's actually what the power of the size of God is compared with the size of fear. And we just keep reiterating this perspective of how big, how great God is compared with how small the devil is. I'm just trying to give you something to think about, you know, to, to, to bring the context of, of spirituality and the perspective of the largeness of God into our homes. We just don't diminish how big God is in your home. God is mighty in your home. He's mighty for the desires of your children's heart. And it's good to understand what your children are believing for. And, and even if it fe- feels like they're just, you know, asking for another thing, like to actually believe with them and pray with them and, and ask for God's love just to be revealed to them. Because it says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, because the things that are unseen are eternal. Our goal as parents, as caregivers, as, you know, as guardians of the next generation is to prepare the next generation for their eternity. Eternity is such a long time. (laughs) It's for eternity. And I know that's a really big, it's a big thought for me when I struggle to prepare my children to get out of the door to go to school. Like, that's a wrestle. What are you doing? Talking about preparing them for eternity, you know? But God wants us to be diligent in thinking about the next generation, considering the next generation. And we have to engage in this fight as guardians. It is a fight. It's our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We, as a people, as a church, have to engage in this fight for the next generation. And I'm like, you, you just save for your retirement and you do those great practical things. You prepare your children, you know, to do well as well and, 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 and for their working career. And, and you, you encourage them in their giftings and those things that they desire and they, that they get excited about. But most of all, make sure you're a guardian of their spiritual well-being. Most of all, put that as the, you know, the top priority. It's bigger than their future income. It's bigger than who they're going to marry. Or It's bigger. It is bigger than their comfort. It's bigger than anything. Make sure you're leading your family. Lead your family. And I know it's, it's difficult, and I don't know if this is just a guy thing, but I can find that I can be super engaged consistently in the workplace and and, and, and I can just keep bringing that. And then when I get home, I find it difficult at times to, to not just want to shut off, <laughs> just to chill out. 
is to put my feet up, but I know that that home place, is a, it's a place where we have to continually lift our vision and make sure that we are emotionally replenished, though, that we cannot just be giving our children the dregs, but actually giving them great food, giving them great love, giving them great care and being there for them. You know, at work, whether we like it or not, you know, we're expendable. We are replaceable. Somebody can be trained up to do the job that we do. And I'm sorry, you're very important, I'm sure, in your place of employment. And I'd honor that. But at home, we have this responsibility that no one else has, and we are irreplaceable. And I just want to encourage you just to not go passive when you get home. Just just to just just to not go passive when you go home. And I'm speaking to myself here today. Do do know this is a day. I got five children and sometimes I just want to shut off. But I I know that those those times when I'm at that first hour, you know, that first five minutes, that first half hour, whatever it is, that I'm just gonna I'm gonna be engaged and I'm gonna give attention. I'm not gonna come into the house on my cell phone. I'm gonna I worked that one through with Debbie, finally. <laughs> it's going to go off before I walk in the door, you know. And at the end of the day, there's, there's no perfect way to parent, okay. So I'm like, I'm not a perfect parent. All my children are saying, amen, preach it. <laughs> We're all so diverse and different. Like God, when he, he disciples us differently, he loves us differently because we're so different. And then when you have different children, we can't just discipline them all the same because they all respond differently. So we're working this out as we go as parents. But I want to remind you that our children need our time. They need our prayers. They need our love. They need our engagement. And we're the only people in their world that can fulfill that role. I just want to close with this uh, thought. And I love this vision that Andy Stanley has for their family growing up. Their children are in their 20s now. And it was this, that children, their goal was that children who wanted to be with them and each other when they no longer had to be. <laughs> you know, we don't want to just, and because and, and, I know that the tendency when, when you, we can bring a word like this is that it's like, oh, I don't want you to overreact and just suddenly like be like being really oppressive as a parent. Like you must read your Bible for three hours a day and you must come to church every week whether you, you know, come hell or high water. And you did, 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 did. Yeah, like at the end of the day, you still want your children to like you. <laughs> if, that's, if that's something that's leading your vision for your spirituality, then you'll be led into relationship with your children through relationship and connection that's something that we have to guard thanks again for tuning in to the thrive church weekly podcast stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 